This podcast is intended for entertainment and thought-provoking purposes only. The thoughts and views expressed are those of the hosts of Room 2008 and are meant to generate discussion about various topics and do not represent the views of any guest, platform, or network. Proceed with skepticism. Please enter Room 2008. We are live on a Thursday night. This is the first episode of 2024. And like we always say, 2024 is going to be a great year. That's what we say around here. We are live on twitch.tv slash room 2008 ENT. We're live on Rumble. We're live on X, formerly known as Twitter. I'm Drew Nell, a.k.a. Perry Noid. And as usual, I'm joined by Lance. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How you doing? Doing great. I'm also joined <laughs> by Peter. Peter Threw you off up? a little bit. What's up, everyone? I'm ready to get paranoid tonight. I think all of us are. We've got something crazy in store. We usually go over some pretty fringe stuff, you know, like UFOs, Bigfoot, other conspiracies like that. But uh, tonight is real, and tonight we're going over Peter's search history. (laughs) 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 We do have a a guest with us tonight. Uh, He founded the company Parallel Privacy. Um, Everything we're going to be going over tonight, he, he founded this company in order to combat these issues, all this data protection, data privacy issues. Um, we have Brian from Parallel Privacy with us. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing great. I think we're all doing great. We're a little, uh, like, like Peter said, we're ready to get paranoid tonight because uh, <laughs> electronics, especially our phones, is a, it's an attachment of ourselves. So to, to kind of go into what we're going to go into, it's, uh, it's going to be a little weird because sure. it knows everything about us. Yes, it mm. does. It knows more about us than, than we know in some instances. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. Damn. Yeah. That's that's scary I to think it. about. I, I know that's, that's a that's a big issue in Peter's uh, Peter's world. He just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, not even being funny. That's that's one of your you know main no. things you like to research is is uh like I could think of a Snickers bar or something, and then I have an ad for it. Wait, no, you know what I mean? Like, sure. yeah. your phone knows you. It it knows the pattern of your thoughts. Even I I think. Yeah, I would say so. Well, it's not yeah. your phone. It's. It's companies and things behind you, behind the phone, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's scary how much they they know for sure. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I never thought about it like that. It's not it's not a, a physical, you know, brick that you yeah. have in your pocket. It's you know because it's connected to the cloud. It's it, there's something on the other side of that that's the real right know, the real controller behind it. So yeah, I mean, if you want to go ahead and get into it, um, you know, about why you founded Parallel Privacy, what what it does, um, and just kind of sure. go on, go on that. Sure, I'll talk a little bit about myself, just from the standpoint of people always wonder, you know, how did you get into this? They assume that I am some sort of technology geek, uh, and I'm I'm not. Uh, I like technology for sure, um, but my entire career had been in human resources. 
the closest I ever came to technology stuff was when I worked for Gateway Computers. Um, I was still I in human resources back then, but wow. I did work for Gateway Computers. Remember when they were a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had their uh, own buildings and everything. It was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Cow spotted boxes. Um, that's what I was going to say. It was the right. cow. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Matter of fact, those big buildings that we had, we uh, we went out and painted them cow spotted uh, during work hours. The really? the owner and founder said, "Hey, yeah, grab some paint brushes. We're going to go out and paint those black." And <laughs> y'all were uh, y'all wow. were that slow at work. Yes, <laughs> that's right. We were. It was a slow day. Uh, it explains why they're not around so much anymore. Um, Everybody started but, painting uh, for a living. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I'm old enough to remember when Google, uh, you know, had Gmail and they introduced five gigabytes of mail storage for free. And five gigabytes at that time was just like, wow, what are you going to do with five gigabytes? And uh, and nobody else was offering it for free. You had to pay. Right. Uh, and Google's pitch was, you know, we just want to scan your email uh, so that we can give you a more tailored experience, particularly around advertising. Right. And that always stood out to me like, wait, I, I've got to trust you that you're not going to like do anything else, but look for whether or not I'm interested in a Snickers bar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. point. Um, I mean, they, they, and, they were, I, I doubt they were transparent about that. Right. I mean, it seems like, uh, were they well, they were up front that they were going to scan it. Mm -hmm. They weren't really up front about the details around, well, what were they doing with that? Were they looking you know, so it's yeah. like, it's one thing if I'm emailing and I say, you know, man, I love Snickers. Snickers is my favorite. And they go, oh, we should send Brian a Snickers ad versus, uh, oh, I'm going to build a profile on Brian. And what I know about him so far is that he loves Snickers. Mm. And then, you know, later I send wow. a, a note to my parents, hey, we're looking at buying a new mattress. And then Google goes, oh, he's going to buy a new mattress. And before you know it, they have a very complete profile. So they weren't transparent about what exactly was happening with it. Mm -hmm. But they did say up front that they were going to scan. And that was kind of like the camel's nose into the tent. You know, once right. that happens, it's really hard to back out of that. Mm-hmm. And as time went on and I, I started watching what was happening uh, around data collection and this whole uh, idea of data privacy, of course, Europe is in some ways ahead of us in protection and protecting uh, your data. Uh, it really got to be irksome, you know, because first of all, there's, there's a fairness side of it where you say, well, if they're taking my data and they're profiting off of it, how about they share some of that money, money with me? Exactly. Uh, and then the second side of it is, you know, the more nefarious, you know, well, what are they doing with it? Where is well, that all? Going? I hate it when people say, uh, oh, I don't mind because I'm not doing anything bad anyways. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, it's just right. like, what are they going to get from me? I'm not in any harm's way. But, and but and some of us like Peter are doing stuff bad, you know? And <laughs> right. Right. And, and they... They should be. No <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, Peter's the butt of the joke sometimes. So. Yes, yes, that, uh, I, that is me. Um, so, you know, a lot of people say exactly what you just said, which is, um, you know, I don't have anything to hide. Why, why should I care? Mm -hmm. uh, and the answer is, you know, everybody has something to hide. And sometimes you don't have anything to hide until you do. And what I mean by that is, 
you know, you're doing something that today is legit and viewed by the public as okay. But, you know, the winds of change can happen and suddenly what you're doing is no longer looked on so favorably and suddenly you're on a not so nice list. Santa's naughty list. Retroactive. Uh, Retroactive. Exactly. And, you know, it gets to, well, what is privacy to begin with? You know, when we talk about privacy, what do we really mean? And um, I look at it as privacy is your ability to um, share what you want to share and keep private what you want to keep private. So, for example, um, maybe I have a secret thing where I really like, and I'm sorry, but I pick on Taylor Swift all the time. Let's, let's say that I have a secret thing where I just really like Taylor Swift songs, but I only do, I only listen to it in my car. I only listen to it, you know, when nobody else is paying attention because yeah. I don't want anybody to know that I'm a Taylor Swift fan. That would be embarrassing <laughs> to me. Yeah, right. of course. I'm, yeah, I'm a closet Swifty, right. We all have those phases, um, right? Right. But that, you know, that's something I choose to keep private. But in today's world, if you're doing a Google search because you're trying to find out, you know, where is Taylor Swift today? Uh, that actually is being added to your profile. And then that profile uh, gets packaged up and sold. And then you have no idea where it goes right. from there. I mean, uh, once it gets sold, it could be just about anywhere. And that's on, you know, kind of the, the goofy, silly side of privacy. The, the more serious side of privacy is, um, you know, if you happened to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, for innocent reasons, maybe it was your anniversary, maybe yeah. you were there to visit your parents. Business trip. Uh, the, the government was doing what they call geofence warrants, uh, and courts have started to uphold that geofence warrants are a real thing. And, and that's basically where they go to uh, Verizon, AT&T, et cetera, and say, I want to see the phone records of every person that was within this geography, within this time period. And so innocent people are getting sucked up into these warrants. Right. And it, wow. you know, it's, it's really that's a great example. edge uh, areas of privacy right now is, you know, where does that start and end exactly i don't see how that how would that not be a violation like if you were there just on a business trip or something you know we're just passing through you're walking you know, on by. a road trip or something stop to get it's a violation eat. of the constitution exactly. anyway how, you how look is at that it. not a violation of the fourth amendment you know on, on, if you were you know who's saying it's not well <laughs> and that's that's the argument um unfortunately uh that side of the argument has been losing in some of the early court cases i i assume that this is going to go on for a while before it finally gets resolved which is one of my other points about privacy. Uh, you know, if government jumps in and fixes some of these things, great. But never, ever uh, wait and just assume the government is going to come yeah, in and yeah. fix it. They just are not. Uh, which, point, you know, yeah. gets to why I started Parallel Privacy. Uh, because there are great tools out there. And there's a host of tools out there. But when I talk to people about privacy, they don't really know where to begin. Right. And what's a good tool? What's a bad tool? A good example is like VPNs. Everybody knows, oh, VPN, that's good. I should probably have a VPN. And then they hear stories about free VPNs 
that maybe were not encrypting and protecting their data the way that they thought or VPNs that uh, the minute uh, a government requests information, they just turn over information that you thought they're not logging it, right? They're not tracking it. And then you find out, well, yeah, some of these are. And so then it gets really confusing about, well, who do I trust? What should I do? When right. should I do it? And, and so that's really the genesis of how, how parallel privacy got started. Before you, before you uh, go further on that, can I sure. ask, because I had it written down, this is a perfect little uh, question for it, the VPN stuff. So uh, I was one of those, get a VPN, my stuff got hacked, you know, bank accounts, everything like that. And I, uh, so that's when I started to kind of look further into how can I be more safe for where, however they did it, emails, you know, for business, whatever. But if you're like using a VPN and you're online, you know, trying to do some uh, purchasing something from China or something you don't trust, you know, you're trying to like, I went, fell into like AliExpress, you know, Charlotte Pete was talking about this a little bit and you're kind of wanting to be protected with your bank information, but wouldn't every other server like AT&T or um, uh, if you're on your Wi-Fi going through the, the VPN, is the VPN really protecting you if you're going through all these other, you know, I've wondered that myself. That's, that's a great question. So I'll start by saying VPN does not protect you from everything. Mm. Uh, it is not uh, privacy in particular. It's just not a one and done thing. You can't just get a VPN and go, well, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Thank you. Peace out. Um, what it does think of it as like a, uh, it's an encrypted tunnel between you and the final VPN server point. So for example, my, my VPN service, we have a server in uh, New York, New York City. So between your system and the server in New York, that data, that information's encrypted. So people can't see what's going on in there. They don't know what's being passed off. They don't know what websites you're seeing. So you mentioned AT&T. AT&T can't see that. Okay. What they do see um, potentially is that you pop out in New York somewhere, but they uh, wouldn't even see that unless they spent a lot of time and effort to figure that out. But um, yeah. But what it doesn't protect you from is uh, yourself. So, you know, you use a VPN and then you decide to go to sketchy websites and download software. Well, yeah, I like go on the dark web or something, explore there. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah maybe, maybe not sure. such a great idea there. Peter? Yeah. Um, so v- <laughs> VPNs are one Too tool, afraid. but I mean, it's certainly not, not everything. And, and by the right. way, uh, you mentioned getting on your Wi-Fi and, you know, having a VPN, you know, most people I think believed until, fairly recently that their internet service provider was kind of like a neutral party. Mm-hmm. You know, they provided you the plumbing, but they didn't really care what you were doing or where you were going. Right. Um, but that's not actually accurate. Um, if you hmm. jump back to, Oh, when, uh, when Torrance, you know, when, when you could download music and, and the music industry was all upset about it and right. uh, Napster was a big deal and all of that. Well, who did they lean on first? Well, they leaned on the internet service providers because the ISPs can see your traffic. I mean, you're going through their equipment. So right. yes, they can see. And what has happened is it's kind of morphed into 
Now, not all of them are this way, but a lot of them are, uh, where they realize, well, then wait a minute, this data that I keep hearing about is really valuable. Why are we not in that game? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can see everywhere Lance is going. This is awesome. I can build a profile on Lance and sell them. It's great. (laughs) And so they do. And so, you know, having a VPN where it's encrypted, and again, not all VPNs are created equal, but Mm -hmm. uh, if you get a VPN and it's encrypted end to end, suddenly your ISP doesn't have it. And so one of the things I like to talk about is, you know, starve the beast as much as you can starve the beast, stop feeding them information. And so, you know, using a VPN is one way to begin to starve the beast. Right. Okay. The entry level way of getting in, getting in, just getting your feet wet kind of deal. Yeah. We had a, we had a comment from the rumble chat made the analogy that a, a VPN is like a, it's like a condom. It's not a hundred percent effect. It's not a hundred percent proof, you know, to, <laughs> To protect yourself. Uh, that's a couple. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Right. No, perfect analogy. Um, yeah. It was yours. It was yours. It's fine. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, analogy it's, is, you know. Yeah, it's an encrypted tunnel. You can't see what's going on in that tunnel. But once you pop out, if you pop out onto the dark web or, you you know, some Chinese commerce site, I mean, you're on your own from that point on. When do you say that? Uh. I have to take back those guitars. That I oh, man. <laughs> no, but no, sure, that, but you know, yeah. that does get to the question of privacy again about well, what is privacy? And I said, it's your ability to share what you want to share and keep private what you want to keep private. And if, for example, I'll go back to my Taylor Swift analogy. If I begin posting on X or I begin posting videos on Rumble or whatever about my love for Taylor Swift's music, well, that's I should have no expectation of privacy around that. That is right. a public platform. You know, if, if I'm asking people, hey, I'm looking at buying a mattress, I'm looking for your experience, if you've had any good experiences on a particular brand of mattress, well, I should have no expectation of privacy around the fact that I'm looking for a mattress. Right. And that's where, you know, it gets a little bit gray because now I've thrown it out there in the public forum. So I I should expect that, yep, people know I'm looking for a mattress because I've put it out there. Mm -hmm. But texting, direct email, uh, direct message, for instance, uh, that's all being tampered with as well. So you could put it out there, but at the same time, you think you're being private and you still have that opening. Uh, well, surely you're not just uh, yeah. using the regular text messaging feature that's on your phone, are you? Oh, no, <laughs> uh, of course not. Uh, I'm not going to be tomorrow. So uh, uh, we, we do want to get to that letter. I really want to ask you while we're on the subject of, of cell phones, um, is there anything that the regular user like myself would need to know when getting a new phone. Are there any features that need to be cut off immediately? Um, or is that's this going to be a long response because it's probably a never ending one with cell phones. That's a tough one because you're talking about primarily uh, Google's ecosystem or Apple's ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any Android phone is the Google ecosystem and Apple phone has their own. Uh, and there's no nice way to say it. They're addicted to money. Right. And they're making a bazillion dollars on your information. Mm 
and they do a good job of talking about privacy and they have done something. So I don't want to you know, downplay the fact that they are, are sitting, that they're not sitting still on privacy. But at the end of the day, they're not going to cut off billions of dollars worth of revenue. Right. Yeah. Uh, They'll tell you it's just box, but in reality, they've already got a loophole going this way and they're making you feel safe about it kind of scenario. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Proton actually has, so Proton, the ones that do Proton Mail, Proton VPN. Right. That's uh, what I use. That's Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Proton has a really good series going on uh, X and uh, LinkedIn and all their social platforms about privacy whitewashing. And it is this uh, story about how these companies will talk about privacy and they'll do some things that look like it's making it more private, but in reality, it's the opposite. Of course. Uh, Google is Google is really good at, at that in particular. So I would really recommend uh, anybody take the time to look at some of those articles by Proton because it goes into great detail, more, more than what we can do here tonight. Sure. Awesome. Oh, wow. Um, I kind of wanted to actually get into more of how, like, because I, I was on your website, uh, parallelprivacy.com. Um, and like I said, I think before we went on, I'm, I'm tech savvy, but I don't know the inner workings of a lot of stuff like this. So use Google hardware, right? Our phones use Google hardware, yes. Right. And then there's a different operating system or how does that work if, if, if you're able to go into that or want to or... Yeah, no, that, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, so we use software called Graphene OS. And Graphene is a fork of Android uh, built specifically around security and privacy. And uh, they are by far the best operating system that I've seen out there that, that actually keeps an eye on your privacy and your security. Mm -hmm. uh, they do things uh, in their software long before Google ever implements it. Right. Um, so they, they're really cutting edge. I like them a lot. Um, the reason why we use the Google hardware uh, is because that's what graphene works on. It only works on Google hardware. Yeah. And the reason for that is because graphene has a fairly high bar about what hardware has built into it related to privacy and the Pixel hardware is the only one that jumps that bar. Gotcha. Um, so uh, I assume if other hardware manufacturers get to the point where they do that, then maybe uh, they would consider other others. Right. But um, so, you know, the real teeter-totter on privacy is 100% privacy 100% usability, and those things always are a little bit in tension. And so, Lance, you were talking about, you know, I get a new phone. What should I what should I do? You know, you get one of our phones, and it comes with just some really basic apps, and that's it. And the reason is because everything that you do from there on is adding some layer of risk. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah. And our phones, uh, thanks to graphene, uh, the way that they do that is they put Google play store and every Google app inside of a sandbox. 
And they basically say, nope, you've got to learn to live in this sandbox and here's what you're going to be allowed to do and how we expect you to behave. And, and that works really, really well. It takes a little bit of time to learn, though. Um, you know, I tell people, everybody wants to have a weather app. Right. Guess what's one of the worst apps in the world in terms of data is weather apps. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> because, uh, you know, when, all right, so one of the things we all do, this is just consumer behavior. We do not read through the terms of service when we download an app. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, you download it. It's like, you know, I heard good things about this app. I want it. It looks cool. So you download it and you click right by the terms of service. And there it is. Inside the terms of service, it will tell you things like, hey, I need to have access to your location. Mm -hmm. I need to have access to your microphone. I need to have access to your camera. I need to have access to your unique uh, I. Uh, hardware identifier. Hmm. And in some cases you would go, well, yeah, that makes sense that they might need that access. In other cases, they don't actually have any need for half of what they're asking for. And the real tricky one is that hardware identifier. Right. Because that hardware identifier is tagged to you and you only. And so why would they need that? Well, it's because they're building a profile on you. Right. I've always wondered if, if they really needed access to your camera roll and to access the camera. If the, you know, and, and maybe I don't know anything about it, so maybe you do, but just found that kind well, of a lot of times they don't. I mean, there's some apps that have no video or camera right. uh, functionality at all, but you look in the terms of service and they've got access to it. It's like, why? Why do you have access to that? Yeah, weird. Uh, weather apps. I, mean, I saw weird. that on I, that. That blew my mind. I, that's just, oh my god! It's it's like the saying, if it's free, you're the product. I have a question yeah. about this. So, like, if you're if you're confined to the sandbox for security purposes, yeah. uh, does that does that bar you from getting uh, like uh, emergency alerts, amber alerts, uh, tornado? No. Nope. Uh, no. Okay. Nope. Doesn't bar you from any of that, and um, you know the app. The nice thing about the way that graphene does it is the app sits inside that sandbox and it thinks it has all of the access that it thinks it should have in order to operate, even though it may not. So the app will function like normal, even though it's it's disconnected from some of the things that it thinks it should have. I right. And the other thing that graphene does, you know, Google, and this makes sense, when, when Google creates new functionalities they create these libraries of for lack of a better term um you know this is how you do function x and this is how you do function y mm -hmm. and <clears throat> so android phones are always going to the google libraries to get their marching orders and understand how should this work so it's going back and forth graphene has replaced most of the google libraries and the ones that they haven't replaced, they just shut off. So there's okay. no going back to Google. I mean, it is truly de-Googled, uh, but the beauty is those apps work. So if you have, let's say you have blank cameras, mm -hmm. you know, security system, and you want it to work on, on our phone, it would work on our phone. Okay. But it's, it's you have the ability to say what it has access to and what it doesn't. 
Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, because that was one of my main questions: was could you download apps as normal? Um, you know, how, yeah. how does that work? So, um, so I guess you can I'm still in, download TikTok, of course. Right. And just like, <laughs> well, yeah, please, everybody, download TikTok right away. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I'm in big trouble because I have four weather apps on my phone, so I'm, oh, I'm screwed. My. So, yeah, oh. um, yeah. If I happen to get kicked off the stream, Lance, uh, please take over. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll start talking about uh, this comment right here about Harp. Give you access. Except that harp can wreak havoc in your area. I accept it's probably in the terms and conditions. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is just the weather app scenario was a great example. I mean, all your scenarios are just spot on and perfect because that's just like even Taylor Swift deal. I'm rolling my eyes like, damn, son of a bitch. Somebody heard me listen to it in the car. I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're you're singing along. Your phone listens to you. Yeah, <laughs> other other people's phones in their car. You're probably singing loud. The FBI agent on the end is like cringing out. Oh my god! I do have a story I'm not going to tell right now because I want to get in some other stuff. But uh, this is a great scenario. It sums up everything about like your phone listening. It just happened to me yesterday. I have no uh, explanation for it, and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that at you at towards the end. Okay, um, it's a serious scenario. Uh, okay, blew my mind. It's kind of yeah. creepy. Kind of creepy. It was creepy. Yeah, like in 1984, they had cool names like Big Brother and The Party. But in real life, it's Google. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just not so nearly silly. as exciting. What's <laughs> a... Yeah, the question has always been, is your phone actually listening to you? And, uh, you know, Peter, as you were talking about, you know, Snickers bars and, you know, the ad for Snickers popping up on your phone, those sorts of things have led people to say, it's obviously listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to tell the story about that. Whenever you, yeah. And if you, if you go back and you look at tech experts, they talk that down all the time. And what they chalk that up to is they've gotten really good at building your profile. They know so much about you that they can predict. So now it's not just I'm reacting to what you want. So in my example of a mattress, they're not just reacting to the fact that I'm shopping for a mattress. Uh, these these tech experts are saying, no, they, they've gotten to the point where they know you're going to be shopping for a mattress before you know that you're going to be shopping for a mattress. Oh, my yep. God. And I, I don't know. I kind of squinted my eyes over that one because it's like <laughs> I don't know that it completely explains it all. And literally, this is like hot off the presses in the past month, I would say, um, a legit website. Uh, I think it's 404.com. I'd have to go look again for sure. But they're um, tech journalists, and uh, they wrote a story where uh, some of these marketing companies now are admitting that they have the ability to turn on your microphone. Wow. And so, therefore, I assume turn on your camera. And listen to amb- what they called ambient conversations. Oh, great. So this would be, you know, like you're talking to your spouse about how uncomfortable sleeping in the bed is. And uh-huh. what you mean is the mattress. And, uh-huh. and uh, you know, that maybe we should be looking for mattresses. And, uh, and so this marketing company is saying, yeah, we can pick up on those ambient conversations and actually turn that into a marketable product where you can then advertise directed at those individuals. And the marketing company that said that was not a small one. It was attached to Cox. Mm. 
Cox Media. So you're talking about a fairly large, fairly sophisticated hmm. company. So I have a tendency to believe that that is more realistic than the other view that, you know, they're just really good at predicting and they've got these really fantastic models. I, I think it's more likely that they're cover up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Speaking yeah. of conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I was going to say like, you know, with the phone listening and stuff like that, obviously it does, but nobody cares. It's a meme now. It's a joke. There's, you know, there's TikTok videos about it. There's Instagrams. Like, it's like nobody cares. They just like um, well, the FBI, the FBI agent meme. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> like nobody cares. They just make a joke about it. They accept that it's happening, and oh well. Let me just go on about my day. And uh, also, well, also, I heard RFK Jr. say uh, that they could even map your house out uh, with your phone or or with uh, he. Sure. I think he specifically uh, referenced uh, Wi-Fi uh, and routers and stuff. They can mm. map your whole space. Is that true? Is is he is he as crazy as the media is portraying him to be? Or he's he's not crazy. He's uh, he's a pretty smart guy. And um, even if they don't use your Wi-Fi per se to be like a radar and you know create a three D image, uh, they could certainly do it through the location tracking on your phone. There it is. I knew it. That's right. I knew I mean, it. Where you are. And those weather apps, I mean, you know, you think about it, you've got it in your pocket all the time and you're walking uh, through your house. You go to the kitchen every morning at the same time, Monday through Friday, uh, you know, get your coffee, get ready for work, get in your car, drive to the same place for work, you know, yep. five days a week. That sort of location data is just really, really yeah, I get um, valuable like, before I go to the gym in the morning or before I go to work. Before I even go, I get a uh, we'll get into this in a minute. I get a push notification from uh, Apple Maps, you know, 17 minutes to the gym. It doesn't say the gym, yeah. but it gives the address, you know. And uh, wow, like how does it know? I mean, it does know, you know, just based off the location tracking like that. So, um, wow. had, had another convenient. had another rumble comment real quick. Uh, the guy said, Every person he knows and High-level government or tech positions always make him put the phone in the other room uh, whenever they talk. Wow. So that is exactly why we sell Faraday bags. Uh, okay. The whole idea of Faraday bags is you put it inside the bag and you roll it up. No signal in, no signal out. And, uh, you know, if you want to be as safe as you possibly could, that's what you would do. You would you would not shut your phone off and assume that you're safe by having your phone off, uh, because Apple showed that they can leave functionality on even with the phone being off. Of course they can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the, that, that was yeah. a big deal. What a couple months ago, everyone was uh, trying to get Faraday bags uh, for Apple's. Um, I forgot what it was. Was it an update? I I can't remember what it was. Yeah, they, it wasn't really an update. It was a new feature on their, their new line of phones where, you know, they have the Apple tag trackers, mm -hmm. you know, help you find your keys if you lose them somewhere or whatever. Well, they basically turned their phone into an Apple tag, like it's inside the hardware. So even when oh. the phone is off, that thing is still broadcasting. Hey, here I am. Here I am. Oh. Um, so that got a lot of people going, oh, wait a minute. You know, I, right. I don't want that level of tracking. And so that's why we sell Faraday bags. There are people that are like, yeah, I want it in that bag when I'm traveling around or whatever. And or like you said, smart. it's not a problem until it's a problem. It's safe right. until it's not, you know. Uh, well, and, the whole and, thing about I have nothing to hide. Think about... Um, 
Well, this was just recently in the past year, at least, where it came out that the FBI office out of Richmond, Virginia, uh, decided that Catholics who went to the traditional Latin mass mm-hmm. were a threat. Yep. And so <laughs> suddenly, suddenly they start, I, I mean, if you think they're a threat, you're going to start mobilizing resources, right? You're going to start watching you're, people yeah. and start trying to get assets inside that group. Yep. <clears throat> and so for those people, they thought that it was no big deal to have their phone with them and go to church on Sundays and, you know, go on, you know, during the week. And uh, all of a sudden, if, if I'm the FBI and I know that that Latin church is at this location, I can go to Verizon and AT&T and say, Hey, I want the location records for anybody that has been at this location. And all of a sudden they have a list. So that's exactly what I mean when I say, you know, you might be doing something that is legit now. It may not right. be legit tomorrow. Yep. Wow. Yes, suddenly you're on a list somewhere. Yeah, that's what I was going to add to it too. It's like you may think you have nothing to hide, but you don't get determined. You don't get to determine. You know, that what 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 you're hiding or not hiding is bad or good. You know, it's like it's like hate speech. Who's going to determine what hate speech is? Right, right. And it's you know? changing daily. So exactly. So you know, ten. You know, you you don't make that decision. There's powers that be that make that decision. And yeah. what you, you you may think whatever you say is fine, but you don't get to make that decision anymore. So. Retroactive right. thought crime. There you go. That's what it, it sounds is. a lot like 1984, doesn't it? It really does. Google. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, did y'all That's have any other questions? Shit. Did y'all have any other questions about the company before we go into this letter or anything? Oh or? man, I'm 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 very interested in one of these phones. Um, yeah, I I'm, really I really want to get off the yeah I want to get off the collection farm data collection farm because that's all it is you know i'm just tired of the creepy like i have a thought and then there it is you know what i mean like uh, like i can understand if like uh the youtube algorithm or whatever recognizes you know it suggests it suggests things that i might like right and that you know that's a nice function it allows me to keep up to date with things and be introduced to new things and that's all great and all it's all convenient but it's all it's all just being absorbed and I, there's this profile being made of me, and I just I just don't like that. Right. And you know, especially like on here, we have provocative conversations that are being scanned. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I, I worry about podcasting. I know. You know, like what if we say something, and then a week later, oh, that's problematic what they said, and there's like an AI reading all of our stuff. Yeah. And then, and then we just get auto banned. Right. That's one of the reasons why you have to decide what platform you're choosing. And, uh, you know, right. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's I love what's happening. On thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, you know, you mentioned the conveniences that are associated like with YouTube that just seems to know that, Oh yeah. You know, he likes these kind of videos and I'm going to show him those, you know, a lot of these things actually started at, to, to meet a specific need. And there were good reasons why some of these things got started. The problem is, you know, it has just gone way beyond its initial use case and there is no transparency. So, you know, going back to the apps and that it'll actually play drew into your question that's coming about the push notifications. Uh, there's just no transparency. So, 
you know, the app companies know that you are not going to read the terms of service. You're just yeah. going to click on through it. And so they get to cry, hey, I didn't do any foul because I told them up front that I was collecting all of this information. It was up uh -huh. to them whether they wanted it or not. Yep. The problem is you don't know. Okay, so they're going to collect it. They're going to turn around and sell it. You don't know who it's going to be sold to. You don't know, you know, how many times, you know, where it's all going to end up and what's going to be done with it. Um, most of it's pretty benign. Not all of it. Yeah. And and that's that's the dangerous thing, I think, is, you know, we're we're at the point where we are being played and they're not being transparent about what they're doing. And, you know, that's that's what got me to say, OK, I've I've got to do something. get some tools out there for people to use so that they can take a little bit of control, at least. Absolutely. Oh, um, man. Praise the Lord that somebody cares. Yeah, I was going to say um, several times on our show, Peter has said he wants to go back to landlines, um, <laughs> even though, you know, those can be tapped, obviously. But um, right. interesting, um, we had a comment on one of our videos. We just uploaded our stuff to Rumble probably within the past two months or so. And I had a comment on there that most of these uh, phone companies and tech, they don't even do the copper wire anymore. They don't they don't provide landline services anymore. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Like, that's a th yeah. really a thing of the past now. So I miss just slamming the phone like, oh. Screw you. <laughs> kind of hard to slam a glass smartphone that costs you like you know a thousand dollars. And I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> well, that was before he had a Snickers. He was hungry. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, I mean if y'all don't have any other questions or um we can go into this letter because this is uh this is what kind of sparked the idea to have you on. Um sure. I saw yeah, this a, is crazy. Yeah, this I saw a video. Crazy. I saw a video floating around Twitter. I think it was originally on TikTok, but I saw the video floating around Twitter um, about how Google and Apple are secretly sending your push notification data, not only to the U.S. government but foreign governments as well. And then, probably twenty minutes after I saw that that video, I saw your video that you posted on uh, Parallels uh, Twitter. I was like, "Holy crap!" It's like perfect timing that I saw that video. I saw your video. You were wanting to, you know, do more videos, create some content. I was like, this would be yeah. perfect because this is right in line with what your company does and, and what you want to you know, fight against. And we've yeah. been talking about all this stuff lately. We had a big AI special where we mm -hmm. got really paranoid and we're like, let's keep getting more paranoid. Yep. <laughs> funny so enough, into it. Yeah. Funny enough, uh, Lance AI'd a picture of Taylor Swift in front of a burning car. That's right. Uh, that, so. That's right. Yeah, I, think, I think Lance really is a Swifty, and you know. Just, uh, yeah, the AI it, was weird. It could it could uh, remake. It couldn't do a good Joe Rogan. It did a great Taylor, and it also did a great Albert Einstein. We had him wrestling an alligator. Oh, wow. It looked pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah. Well, cool. you know, there again, AI has some really great things about it, and I think it's going to do really terrific things. But there are some really spooky parts of of AI. Absolutely. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go through this letter. It's it's a little lengthy, so if we would, just, if y'all want to stop me and just kind of talk about each section, or just stop me whenever y'all want, um, I'm gonna read this because uh, I'm I'm assuming a lot of the listeners probably haven't came across this yet. Uh, this is just from December sixth. Uh, Senator, I think it's Wyden out of Oregon. Senator Ron yep. Wyden uh, sent a letter to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States. It says, I write to urge the Department of Justice to permit Apple and Google to inform their customers and the general public about demands for smartphone app notification records. I'll go ahead and stop right there. That's something I never even thought that there was data in that they could collect that's even worth anything. Right. 
it's that that right there is mind blowing. That uh, I don't know. I'm I get a little OCD. I don't have a whole lot of notifications on my phone just because it just bothers me. Like if I get an email right. come in, I have to delete it immediately. I hate I hate the little bubble on the app. I hate the, the drop down notification. I hate it all. Yeah, it's like you know, I only have text message, a couple other things. But it's like man, that's the opposite. Like, Whenever like I get a new app, unopened. Yeah, like whatever I I get a new app, I always opt out of getting push notifications yeah. from the app. Is that a good thing to do? Does that stop it or? Well, uh, based off of this letter, the answer is yes. That's a very good thing to do. Yes. Stop your push notifications. I, I do want to point out, though, you notice what it said at the very beginning of that letter. Mm-hmm. It's the senator asking the DOJ to allow... Apple and Google to share the fact that they have been sharing push notification data. Right. What's important about that is to understand that Apple and Google were both throttled by the government. They were restricted, forbidden to share the fact that the government was asking for these records to begin with. Wow. And so, um, now, Google says that they already had include, included it on their transparency report, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. But Like now? The, the, before the, they did. Yeah, yeah before they did. Oh, the, okay. Before the Senator Wyden thing. But what that tells you is, you know, they talk about, you know, we want to be transparent. We want to make sure you're aware of what's private and what's not private and where your data is going. And then you find out, well, except for those times that they can't, Mm-hmm. And then they're not going to be transparent. And this one, I think, caught everybody off guard because, um, like you said, who knew that push notifications had anything worthwhile in it? Absolutely. Yep. And so it was kind of like a weird loophole. And uh, do you mind if I explain how push notifications yeah. work? Is it Go ahead. Please. Yeah, please. yeah I, I think know. it would be helpful Absolutely. to understand why it's uh, critical. Um. It's interesting because push notifications are not actually tied into the operating system itself. So it's not tied into Android. It's not tied into Apple. But what happens is the app maker, like if you say, hey, I want to know every time that I get a text message on this app, uh, that app maker is constantly polling, P-O-L-L-I-N-G, polling uh, your account to see if there's a new notification or a new text. When that comes in, they pop that to either a Google post office or to an Apple post office, depending upon which operating system you're on. And then Apple and Google, that post office, so to speak, actually then does the the legwork of getting it sent to you. Okay. Well, in order for that to happen, the post office has to know who's this coming from, who am I delivering it to? Hmm. And so that means that there's got to be a certain amount of data in there for them to be able to, you know, communicate back and forth. And unfortunately, some of that data is maybe a little overly broad because nobody thought that, you know, notifications would be an attack vector, so to speak. Um, But it includes things, you know, like your location again. Um, And so what's interesting was after this came out, uh, we found out that it wasn't just the U.S. government asking for this information, but foreign governments were asking for it. 
And they were asking for it, not just about their citizens, but U.S. citizens. And it's like, well, now, wait a minute. How, how's that happen? Exactly. Um, and most of the time they were friendly. I think, I guess I can't remember if it was in the letter or not, but later it came out that they were friendly governments to the United States. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice, at least. Um, you <laughs> know, they haven't bombed. They haven't bombed us lately. I guess that makes them friendly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, it it turned out to be a really big deal. And you know, come to find out, these these tech companies are being muzzled by the government, even when they want to be transparent. At least they say they do. Uh, you know, they're being muzzled, and so then the senator has to write to the DOJ to say, "Please, please, can can they tell their their customers that they're being spied on. Can can we let them know that? You know, right? It's that's ridiculous. that's a good way to that's a good way to look at it. Because when I read that, I got I was like, why are they asking them to permit Apple? I would I would have worded it demand that Apple, you know, right. demand that they release it, not permit them. Like you're giving permission, you know, in a nice way, but no, like it's like it's top secret yeah. scenario, and they have to disclose yeah. this top secret thing. Mm-hmm. Right. This is all because the government and big tech are becoming one thing. Um. Are. Well, the Twitter files sure made a good case of that, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yep, we did a we covered that last year when it happened. I mean, and we all knew it. We all knew yeah. it. But when it came out, we were like, "Oh, look at that! We were right again." Oh, you know. <laughs> and it's just every time, man. Every time. Yep. Well, you guys were conspiracy theorists back then, but now that's right. <laughs> come to find out, you were right. That tends to happen a lot. Yes. You know, yeah. just give it a few like months. That's the whole thing that just came out, you know, yesterday. Oh yeah, my gosh! Or. I've been I, my eyes have been glued all day. I've been reading so much stuff. I burned my eyes out. Anyways, yeah, if, if you look at Peter, if you look at Peter, he hadn't slept in days. Oh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been spotty. It's been spotty. The the hat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, yeah. um, I'll, I'll continue with the letter real quick. So um, sure. he continues to write in the spring of 2022. So going on two years ago, my office received a tip that government agencies in foreign countries were demanding smartphone push notification records from Google and Apple. My staff has been investigating this tip for the past year, which included contacting Apple and Google. In response to that query, the companies told my staff that information about this practice is restricted from public release by the government, which is exactly what you were just saying. Wow. Um, and then it goes on to, excuse me, it goes on to explain how push notifications work, which you just did. So I won't, I won't read over that. Um, so, I mean, the fact that this even came out, and I, I even find it uh, surprising that a, a senator is even concerned about that. Right. Yeah. This is a step yeah. in the right direction. Senator Wyden has actually broke a couple of stories lately, so I'm I'm thankful that he has done that. But, you know, it just further cements in my mind. I mean, you, you, you can't rely on the government to come and save us, uh, you know, and protect our privacy because they have their own interests, you know. Right. And um, – Unfortunately, our interests are not being monitored nearly as closely as their interests are. And so we always get the short end of the stick. You know, when um, when the government first decided that they should have access to push notifications, I don't know about you, but my phone never rang. They never called me to see if I agreed with right. that and right. you know, if it was a good idea. They just went off and, and did it uh, because they felt like it was the right thing to do. And maybe in some circumstances it is, but, you know, the bar is so low. And then, uh, you know, your hope for transparency that you at least understand kind of what's happening. I mean, there, there is no transparency. 
Right. And yeah. so, uh, you know, even Google, when they came out and said, well, you know, we put that in our transparency report. <laughs> okay. Well, when was the last time you read their transparency report? I, right. I never have. And I'm, I'm in the biz, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I've, I've never read their transparency report. So what kind of information are we talking that they get through push? I know you mentioned like location. That'd be an obvious, yep. right? Is there any yep. other information that that's obvious with push notifications? Could could text messages be literally read, or is it just like the preview of it if you have the preview on? Or yeah, it's really just metadata, so it's not particularly helpful uh, in most cases. So if you're if you're sending text messages, it's not like that text message is out there. But quite frankly, if you're sending text message uh, on one of the standard messaging platforms, it's not encrypted. And so if they wanted to read it, they would be able to read it anyway. They don't need to right. go to, you know, the lengths of going to Apple and Google. Wow. My guess is what they're trying to triangulate is who are you communicating with? Right. Uh, and where are you? Right. Uh, um, huh. And that's the sort of information that's really super easy to get. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. It's probably you can, see, you can see what number you're receiving the message from. And then obviously you can see where you are and put two and two together and. Yeah, he's in, January, he's in Washington D.C. It's January sixth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. He's wearing right. a fur hat. He's, Get him. He's <laughs> one of those Latin mass Catholics, you know. You <laughs> That's crazy. I remember the story, and I didn't realize they were pulling from phones. Uh, yeah. Who went to the masses? That's incredible. That yeah. is, wow. Uh, that's an eye-opening story for anybody who's saying exactly. Uh, well, I don't have anything to hide. What do I care? It's almost a convenient factor to have marketing sent to me that um, tailors my needs, you know, when in reality you're selling yourself uh, because you're the product, you become a product in so many different ways. We're yeah, so and, apathetic uh, and lethargic that we don't even know what's going on. Everybody should be outraged about this. We should be in the streets right now. Well, well yeah, but you know, the, college football, the college football playoffs are going on. we got the national championship next week. So oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be in the streets for that. <laughs> Which, by the way, who wins next week? As I, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little down, so. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Slightly they ran, I'm they sorry. They ran right into the pile. Oh. What are you going to do? I know. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm his a, little player uh, stepped on his ankle. I mean, yeah. I know. <laughs> There's a reason there's something strong in that cup. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, if I have to guess. I don't know. It depends if Michigan knows uh, Washington signs or not. Um, <laughs> so. I think Washington's got the better uh, better quarterback, but I don't know. We'll see. I am uh, not per se a fan of Washington, but the coach at Washington mm -hmm. coached the University of Sioux Falls when I lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and took oh, them wow. to the championship like, I don't know, four or five years. Right. Uh, and he was just a – I mean, he's he's an outstanding guy personally, but he was a terrific coach. And so I've kind of been watching his career all these years as he's been, you know, bouncing his way up right. the ladder. So, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled to see him in, in uh, the championship game. Yeah, absolutely. He's, is this his first year or second year there? Second year at Washington. Yeah, that's – yeah, they're, they're going to be a force. So, yep. um, so yeah, that, that pretty much – is the letter um you know there's more if you want to read it just google senator wyden's letter uh to the doj to to uh, attorney general uh, i think lance wanted to go over a couple more um, issues right lance or yeah and and i also want to ask like what do you where's this going uh is so you're you're you have um 
again, you might want to say again, kind of uh, what your company sells, what they do. I know you were talking about VPN hardware that you can buy, not just the software. Uh, I love that idea. I think that's yeah. awesome. I'm very interested in that. But um, is this going to get, like you were saying, the government, is it going to get better or is it going to get harder to um, hide yourself through these companies? I mean, it, it's, it's like everywhere you turn around, there's another thing that you hear about like, oh, crap, I did that. I downloaded a weather app. Well, I should probably delete it, but they already have information now. So what the hell? You know, it's like, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Where did this go? <laughs> and uh, the story yeah. I had about Siri, um, my son came in here and, and I was doing some work and we were talking about playing a video game. I said, you know, let's do it in like 10 minutes, right? And um, he goes, well, uh, I'll ask Siri if you want me to. And I thought, I was like, no. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and ask Siri. Sure. And he goes, hey, Siri. And she goes, Timer set, 10 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, oh. she heard me that time, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, just, oh, that like, happened live. You know, uh, I, just the way it happened, there was like, <laughs> there's no way, because there was pauses in between. It's like it had to have heard some of that conversation, if not before or after, just the way, the way it and was. And decipher it. And it happened yesterday. And then you were coming on, and I was like, this is gold, because it, I, like, I felt like she was listening to our whole conversation, you know, just because yeah. we mm-hmm. said her name, maybe. Um, I don't know. It was, it was kind of crazy. It just happened again, though. It didn't have <laughs> well, the same impact. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not exactly an optimist uh, about where this is all going, but I, I will, I'll try to give a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But before I do that, I'll tell you the, the, the rain cloud part of me says, you know, look, government's not going to take action. And big tech is too addicted to the money they're making. There was a story I, I posted here recently on X about um, Google and uh, maybe Meta um, combined made $11 billion on advertising targeting children. And the study showed that the money was too great of an incentive that the the companies were actually resistant to change because the money was too good. Right. Wow. And you know that's the thing about a capitalist system, right? I mean, it's it's the drive towards money. Uh, you can't count on that to be your moral compass, and so you have to put pressure where you can put pressure. Starve the beast where you can starve the beast. Uh, you know, we sell a phone called the Light Phone. It makes phone calls, it text messages, it has no internet, it has no apps, it has no camera. And it's great for people who don't want to get distracted. You know, smartphones can be, true to your point, can be very distracting. If you're getting notifications all the time, I'm like you, I can't stand it if I know that there's a bubble there waiting for me to... I hate it. To, I to have dis- to get one. A, a so, notification? Well, the light phone is awesome. Um, because oh, man. It, it only calls, it only texts. And and the one little uh, twist that we put on that is it's a great phone for kids. I'm sorry, but kids, mm-hmm. I mean, there should be an age where that age and below should not have smartphones. Absolutely. In their pockets. Absolutely. What age do you think um, that is? I've got two kids. What age so. do I think it is? Well, yeah. I think our kids, I think our kids had to be 16 before they ever got a phone. Nice. And this was before smartphones. It was just flip phones back in those right. days. Um, you know, uh, 
I don't have the number at my fingertips, but it's like by the time kids are 12, like 60 some percent of them have seen pornography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that know. is likely coming right through their phone. And, okay. uh, and I, I'm sorry, but you know, kids should not be exposed to that. And, and that's one reason why we're happy to have the light phone because it's like, you know, give them a phone so they can stay connected but they don't need to be surfing the web. You know, even, even innocent surfing can lead them places where absolutely. They we actually just uh, did a, we did a segment on an episode about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, Pornhub's executives got kind of busted in like a, a project Sting. Veritas, project Veritas esque investigation. And they're, they're, plant, they're, they're planting certain stuff on those sites, assuming kids are going to go look at it. Yeah. It's, it's sickening. Yeah. To give them some options. <clears throat> kind of open their horizons. Yeah, it's like you know, if you're into if you might happen to be into a certain thing and you might not know it because you're so young, but if you see this, maybe uh, you'll you'll realize oh, there's stuff out there for me. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Well, yeah. temptation comes in many forms, and you don't always know what that is for each individual. And why would you provide the world to your kid with its host of temptations? Mm-hmm. When you're trying to raise your kid to be, you know, a, a good kid, a productive member of society, moral compass of some kind, whatever that is for you, um, it just makes no sense to me. Now, on the positive side, I said that I would try to be sunshine a little bit. Um, I think AI has the potential. So, you know, you mentioned Siri. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and how series... loud. I got to cut my phone off. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll try not to. <laughs> uh, same thing with Alexa. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> always listening, always there. Uh, today, the issue is that, you know, they have to go to their cloud server in order to uh, figure out what exactly you said and be able to put together a response that then can come back to you. And it happens instantaneous, but it's going to the cloud. And that's that's the problem, right? Because uh, Amazon will admit, yeah, we've got recordings of what's going on in your house. You know, she, uh, Alexa's not perfect. Uh, so she'll pick up ambient conversation sometimes. She thinks she heard the wake, wake word. <clears throat> um, but AI runs the possibility of doing onboard processing with these devices where they never have to go off. So, you know, your phone, instead of saying, Hey, Apple, babe, uh, Hmm. instead of saying that name and waking it up and going to the cloud, it would just all happen right there on your phone, which means that whatever you're talking about doesn't have to go off board. I think that's a positive, a positive thing. Um, Mm. There are a couple of companies that I'm watching that are working on home automation sort of stuff. You know, I, I, I love Amazon and all the the tools that they've brought to home automation. Uh, You know, the, the blink cameras, the ring doorbell uh, you know, the uh, speaker systems, the echo show, you know, all those sorts of things. Super cool. Except for the fact that it all has to go back to the cloud. And so everything is back to the cloud. Well, these uh, companies, small startup companies are working on home automation, again, trying to use AI, speech pattern recognition stuff to do the processing locally so it doesn't have to go off board. So I think there's, 
you know, some real hopeful changes that are coming. But in the meantime, it's kind of like, you know, you should arm yourself and assume that you're always being tracked, always being listened to. And what can you do about that? And that's where, you know, like we have the routers that have the VPN built in. So every device that connects to that router, you can designate that it's going through the VPN. You don't have to have a VPN on every device when they're at home, at least, because it can all be going through that one router. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, get too. get a de-Google phone. And, you know, as much as I love the Apple ecosystem, it's a closed ecosystem. You're never going to go outside of Apple and find something similar. At least Google is supportive of, you know, these forks of Android. So that's, you know, one, one positive. Yeah. Who's um, worse, Apple or uh, Google? Uh, Apple would like you to believe that they're not worse. Um, but, you know, I suspect that Apple has a backdoor uh, that they've let governments in. Well, not- Apple's a sponsor. So say Google. <laughs> So Google's clearly worse, clearly. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I don't trust either one of them. Mm-hmm. But but that doesn't mean that you have to throw them, throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, they really, Google really does make good hardware. I, I like their hardware. It's good, solid hardware. It's their software that makes their hardware an issue. So guess what? Take the software off, put something else on, and you're good to go. Um, um, had a, had a rumble listener. Uh, he wanted to see, um, he asked for the link for the light phone. Uh, so I sent him the link off of parallelprivacy.com, the light phone too. Yep. I'm assuming that's the, the model, that's the model yep. offered. and he wanted to know, is that available to use with every carrier or is there any restrictions or good question? That was my question. Yep. Uh, there are restrictions and, uh, it is called out on the website, but Basically, if you're with AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, it will work. Okay. And, I, and I think Mint. But when you start getting like Consumer Cellular and some of those other uh, Patriot mobile operators, mobile. It, yeah, Patriot Mobile and that sort of thing, it, it would not work on those. Gotcha. And just for convenience sake, Light also has their own network. And so when you buy the Light phone, you do get a SIM card for the Light network if you want to just jump onto their network. Okay. Oh, wow. And, um, okay. He had a follow-up question too. He says he really wants to buy one, but he uses Cricket uh, and that, and it says no subcarrier. So would that be a, would that be an issue? Yeah. Cricket is the subcarrier. So you'd have to okay. jump off of Cricket and on, onto something else, which okay. if I remember right, Mint works with the light phone uh, and Mint is a subcarrier. Pricing is really good. You would be able to move your, your number over. So, but you would have to abandon cricket on the light phone. Interesting. Get rid of cricket. Go AT&T. This is, this is good <laughs> intel. There, there goes our cricket sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> big dog. Big pockets. Trying to get Google on this program. Well, this is the the last podcast we're going to be able to do because Brian just ticked <laughs> off every one of our sponsors. Electricity is still going. But, uh, we're going to get banned off Twitch. We're going to get banned off everything. So. Because everything's under, I mean, because Twitch is owned by Amazon now, so it's all going to be one big. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. It's all one huge conglomerate. Yep. Mm -mm -mm. That's actually, you know, so parallel privacy, parallel. The reason that I, I chose parallel is because there's this movement that says 
we've got to avoid these big conglomerates. And how do you do that? Well, you create a parallel universe uh, right. ecosphere, you know, that, that offers similar functionalities, but separate from what they're doing over there. You know, we're going to do our thing over here. Right. Right. Wow. This is just, we're so would, deep into the future. I would say this is new, but uh, I do have a few uh, past events, I guess you could say of when sure. these data breached happen. Uh, sure. I'd love to just name off a few, like for instance, um, when the Cambridge Analytica, uh, Analytica scandal, with Facebook back in 2018, when they uh, harvested data from millions of Facebook profiles without user consent, and it was used to target political advertising during the 2016 presidential election. Yeah. Uh, that was in 2018. It goes back to when Google, when we mentioned Google a lot with the Wi-Fi uh, data collection. Remember when they had the street view cars, they were capturing mm -hmm. images for Google Maps, and they were also collecting data from unsecure Wi-Fi networks. Correct. I don't know how wow. that works, but I'd imagine they have an open book. If I mean, that's wow. scary in itself. That's 2010. Uh, you know, and all these breaches, I mean, everybody hears about these breaches. You got to change your password all the time because there was some sort of breach to a, a thing, which I don't know if that gets better. I've been, you know, I went through a phase last year to where, you know, I was like, we've got to come up with something that can just capture a password for everything and just be entirely encrypted you know so you're not setting up these passwords for 80 different sites and 80 different things and and you know you have 16 to 20 of them become breached in two weeks so you gotta change those passwords surely there's like a simple thing to this coming up or can do you have any insight on anything like that uh it's, it's never question. simple you know this <laughs> this is like a uh uh, like the Cold War, you know, uh, it, it, when one side gets a weapon, the other side figures out how to defeat that weapon, which means that the other side's got to figure out then how to get the next weapon. And that's how it is with privacy and all these data breaches. You know, passwords used to be the bomb. You've got to have a password. And then it kind of went to two-factor authentication. And now the latest thing is pass keys. And I I still don't really understand past keys, but that's like the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, so the answer is, you know, we're never going to get away from that because what they're trying to do is they're trying to verify that it really is you. And, you know, how do they, how do they do that? Well, I suppose they could read your retina, <laughs> you know, access, if you want them doing access that. Access <laughs> to your camera roll. So they can oh. take a picture of your face and sell your, your, yeah. They got our faces. There's a, another one, the Apple FaceTime eavesdropping bug in 2019. There was a bug in, in Apple's FaceTime that allowed um, users to eavesdrop on others before they accepted a call, yeah. which is uh, very interesting, you know. Oh, Are I remember that. That was a huge connected deal. Connected before you answer it. So what if you're sitting there like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, what if you pull answer. Jeffrey Tubin from CNN? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. That really uh, happened. You mentioned the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which was a long time ago. And the crux of that was, like you said, they were using everybody's data uh, to do analytics to be able to sell targeted political advertising. Um, and what most people don't realize is that almost all the social platforms now are exactly that. 
uh, X just came out and said, hey, we're we're training our AI on everything that's on X. So everything you post, everything that, you know, all the videos, everything, we're training our AI on it. And we have the right to do that. Um, wow. So if you continue to use it, that's ours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm no technology expert, uh, but that is just fundamentally wrong. And so we last year, towards the end of last year, we um, purchased a, a platform, an open source social media platform to offer an alternative. And we're you know, in the process of growing it and we hope to get a desktop uh, application here soon. But you know, I'm sorry, your data should be your data. Sure. And of course it gets back to that discussion. Well, if you share it out on Twitter, then you shouldn't have any expectation of privacy, right? Well, that's right. true, but it's another thing when somebody's going to profit off of this AI and now they're wanting to use your data so they can profit off of it. That to me yep. is, again, that line where it's like, yeah, it's just not fair. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that app is Parallel Social. It is Parallel Social. Gotcha. Yep. yep. I've already downloaded it. Got a personal profile. I've created one for Room 2008 on there. So. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, I got to get on there. Our privacy yeah. starts today, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you to me. Here, go ahead and get out whatever you need to get out because we're we're stopping oh. today. Sensor <laughs> <laughs> button ready. Yep. I was kind of hoping that at the end of this, you'd all get out sledgehammers and just beat your phones into <laughs> submission or something. I want to acid wash everything like Hillary. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean uh, allegedly. Sorry. Allegedly, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember this uh, Microsoft email privacy violation in 2019 when Microsoft faced scrutiny when it was reported that the company's contractors were listening to audio snippets from uh, Skype calls and um, without obviously user knowledge. And they're, you know, at that, I have like a list of them. I'm not going to go through anymore, but uh, just, you know, I started looking into just, uh, I went and chat all GPT the breaches and. Um, there's just a, an amazing amount of information where you, you believe you're trusting these companies, not really trusting, but the convenient factor outweighs the safety factor and you just kind of go with it. And ultimately, you know, you just give up everything you have and, yeah. uh, just to be able to do a dance on TikTok. That's a, <laughs> I mean, right. I, I think some of it is trust though. I mean, you know, take take Amazon when they were first developing their Alexa smart speaker. You know, one of the things that they said is um, we need to train Alexa on how to understand what people are saying. And sometimes they're saying something and Alexa's not picking it up or, or not answering correctly. Mm. And so we need to um, listen to those segments, have a human listen to those segments and say, oh, yeah, Alexa, this is what was said. Here's what you should have done in order to improve it. And, you know, fundamentally, you say, okay, I got that. I understand that. I like if you it. had a company, if you own the company, that would make sense because you're trying to make the company better. But right. in reality, it's. But the thing is, you're trusting that they're not then listening to uh, you and your wife having an intimate conversation before bed. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm. remember those ambient conversations, yep. mm-hmm. you know, you're trusting and, you know, you know, human nature. Do you not think that somebody was like, oh, that is really cool. Joe, come here. Listen, listen to this. You got to mm-hmm. listen yeah. to this, you know, 
and those things get passed around. I mean, and that's where it's like, okay, that is, that's the danger right there. And that was kind of what was happening with the Microsoft incident that you mentioned, you know, they were listening in on these Skype calls and then passing around the funny ones or, you know, the interesting oh, ones okay, or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't wow. really, you know, about improving the product per se. It was just, you know, Oh, this is it funny. Could have been, been sexting and they were just, I don't know. I, I guess you can call it sexting if it's a Skype call, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What would you call that? I'll come up with pass it around. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, just uh, uh, on a uh, control Pete's history, I'm sure. So <laughs> there he goes again. There he goes again. <laughs> so just a couple more topics. Um, there was something called the uh, the Pegasus Project um, from a few years ago. I'm just going to read the first paragraph. You can find this. What happened on Wikipedia? Uh, the Pegasus Pro- Project was an international investigative journalism initiative that revealed government's espionage on journalists opposition politicians, activists, business people, and others using the private Pegasus spyware developed by the Israeli technology cyber arms company NSO Group. Um, Long story short, in 2020, a targeted list of 50,000 phone numbers uh, were leaked to Forbidden Stories, and an analysis revealed uh, that the list contained the numbers of leading opposition politicians, human rights activists, journalists, lawyers, and other political dissidents. So that's the scary part for me, that last three words, other political dissidents. Political dissidents, yeah. Because who is going to say what a political <laughs> dissident is? And that goes back to, well, I have nothing to hide. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. no, I, I remember that uh, very clearly. And, I mean, honestly, for, you know, Joe and Jane, average citizen, we have tools out there that will protect us you know, from just kind of those casual incidents, right? So having a VPN, using an end-to-end encrypted uh, messenger like Signal um, uh, is sufficient for most of those individuals. But then you get to like those high-profile individuals, uh, journalists in particular can be a high-profile individual, and boy, I'll tell you what, they bring tools out that uh, are sophisticated and beyond the tools that we have. And, you know, in, in the UK and in Europe, um, they um, argued for and put into law a requirement for backdoors into encryption. Mm-hmm. And encryption right now is probably the best tool that we have for, for privacy. Uh, because the encryption that exists today is just prohibitively difficult to break. And, um, and yet, if there's a back door, that back door, although it may be intended for good purposes, and they you know, would argue that they have a reason why they want it, it invariably gets used for bad purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched an interview with Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson, if you remember, there's a little bit of a brouhaha. He wanted to interview Putin and right. had been in conversations with Putin or at least his uh, staff about you know getting an interview set up. And Tucker had told nobody. This all happened on his phone. That's right. And somebody from the government called him and said, hey, a friend of his said, hey, can we meet? And then told him they know that you're talking to Putin about interviewing. 
Wow. That's insane. Well, how, how does that happen? Well, it happens because they use these very sophisticated tools. My guess is they did not break the encryption. They planted something on his phone. Yeah. Looking uh, for trigger words something. or just. We mustn't uh, have a conversation uh, with Putin. We mustn't. You know, let's get Tucker on next week and talk about this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why do we have Brian from Parallel Privacy? Tucker is so much more fascinating. This um, is good stuff, though, for real. I'm enjoying it. Remember, um, the, uh, key key loggers used to be a, a malware, right? And it still exists. Mm-hmm. You know, everything you type. My guess is it was something like that because Signal, supposedly Tucker was using, I think, Signal to communicate. And it is well-known encrypted end-to-end, and I, I trust that that's true. So how did they find out about this? Well, my guess is it's some sort of key logger that's logging it before it gets into signal. Interesting. Um, how would they? How would that well, get that on his phone? That would have been a target. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a target. So my guess is they yeah. pushed something that seemed He's going against the agenda. And, you know. I, mean, they, I see. I well, see. I know for sure. He did not have a carbon phone. <laughs> right. so, uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> you, re- you know, this would be a great time to reach out to him and say, I have a phone for you. Man, I can't well, wait to get one of those. And a on VPN. A, on a funny note, I have <clears throat> I've done that to a number of high profile people who've like lost their phone or had their phones hacked or whatever. Uh, Mike Lindell, General Mike oh, wow. Flynn. Wow. Um, yeah, I reached out to a number of them just to say, hey, I've got something you might be interested in. <laughs> they should have listened. They should have listened. listened. That's why that's why I was saying earlier, like I really want to get off the, the iOS and Android farm. So I mean, the sooner you do it, the better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go into our last uh last thing real quick, we had another question sure. from Rumble. Um, what do you think of blockchain social media? Like, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Nostra slash Damas. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. And why, and why hasn't it taken off? Um, well, blockchain is great. I mean, it's what uh, um, digital currency is based off of. So I, I think it's great. It does prevent tampering and it is private and confidential. I think it is still just too techy for the, the average user to, to use. The other thing is it's really difficult to get traction. Um, you know, I, I launched Parallel Social and, and you know, we haven't been at it very long, but we don't have a ton of users yet. You know, I mean, how do you get people to consider coming off of Twitter? Right. You know, some of the big uh, content producers on Twitter are making big money because Musk started that whole revenue sharing for the advertising. Boy, how do you compete against that? Yeah. Right. Know? Right. Money, money talks and others walk. And so I think it's just a combination that blockchain is still really new. It's pretty techy, so not a lot of people are going to go over. And then just the normal barrier to adoption that exists out there. You know, you've, you've got big established players that are out there that will continue. You've got some fringe people out there um, that uh, will probably stick around for a while, but it's just it's a tough market to break into when Twitter's got millions upon millions of, oh, yeah. of users. Right, right, Absolutely. right. That's that's the problem with a lot of these new, uh, especially social media startups. Like you said, it's just it's hard to uh, the barriers to entry is who yeah, you got to create a reason possible. for people to do it. But I mean, I've been on there. I think I created my profile on there 
three or four days ago, and I mean, I've I see no issues with it. I mean, it's a <clears throat> I've just been I posting get on the, there. The, the AI art that I make. I just post that, you know, and and uh, made a room two thousand eight promoting that. So um, the the flow is nice, you know. Yeah, like it's it, so. We we uh, we have no algorithm. It's just simply chronological posting. So you know, whatever's newest goes to the top of the post, and you know it, it, it's it's another one of those. You know, but gosh, if I'm really into cars, I'd really like to have cars at the top of my feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. You know, you've opened up then the algorithm for me to figure out what you like and you know yep. what you want on your feed. So we just decided it's just going to be chronological. Yep. Yeah, nice. whatever's newest is sitting up there at the top. Yep. Yeah, Peter, uh, find new things. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, um, Peter's going to miss his Snickers post on there. <laughs> <laughs> Snickers is code for something, and I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just Snickers, All particularly right, uh, the, just the, Snickers. the Snickers almond. That's my favorite. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, uh, person in the Rumble chat actually provided a link real quick. Uh, a U.S. version of Pegasus spyware was bought and tested by the FBI in 2019, but never used. Mm. Yeah, I don't, gonna, I don't buy that it was never used. Yeah. I'm going to say it's been used. <laughs> there's, there's been instances where the FBI gets an iPhone and they're struggling to get into it. And they ask Apple and Apple's like, yeah, no, we're not touching it. And then magically they're into it. Yep. Right. Well, right. That's, that's Pegasus at work. Yep. So <laughs> mm-hmm. last thing, um, I don't know. Have we went over uh, search engines on air? I don't no. Think so. no. Cause, no. Cause I've, been, I've been monitoring and- the Rumble chat and Twitter and everything. So I'm not sure if I missed it or not. No, because I, yeah, yeah, no, we haven't. So you want to? Yeah, I, just, I mean, just to kind of close it out, I mean, what, um, obviously Google's the most popular, what alternative search engines do you recommend? And you know, well, how to that's me, a good question. Let me, let me start this way. Uh, you said on one of your videos, like DuckDuckGo, which I used to use DuckDuckGo thinking, I was like, uh-huh. oh, you know, just taking a little extra measure, right? It turned but, to shit. Uh, yeah, you were saying they were caught using loopholes with trackers through Microsoft. And I found that very interesting. And then you brought up, um, um, oh, was it safe? Uh, help me out here. I have it somewhere. I'm using it, but it's, uh, what's it called? I know what you're talking about. Damn it. Um, uh, Star page. Star yeah, page. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Star I downloaded page. that due to your video. So, yeah, about uh, web browsers, you know, Google. Uh, can you touch on that? Um, sure. In terms of the, uh, I guess, what you're signing up for by using them. Yeah, you know, uh just like an app is collecting your data, believe it or not, uh, uh, a lot of start uh, search engines are doing the exact same thing. So Google, every time you search, they're adding that to their repertoire, what they know about you. Same thing with Yahoo, same thing with most of the search engines. There are a handful of them out there that have come about to say, hey, w- we don't track you. We don't log information. Um, we're all about privacy. And some of them have been better at that than others. DuckDuckGo, as you mentioned, was one that I think got a really early start and was out of the gate fast and have stumbled a couple of times. The most recent one being the the Microsoft instance where they had a secret agreement and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they weren't transparent about it. You know, if people would just be transparent, I think people would be a lot more forgiving. It's like, okay, you told me in advance, you know, right, right. I get that. But instead, it only comes out when somebody catches them, you know, with their hand in the cookie jar. Uh, so I, I just don't trust them personally, so I don't use them. Uh, but the one that I've really enjoyed the most because I think they provide really solid results, 
I mean, number one, you want a search engine that actually returns uh, relevant results and protects your privacy, and that is StartPage. StartPage does an excellent job. Um, I've had no complaints. They actually have banks of servers that strip out trackers, and so I'm, I'm just a big fan of, of StartPage. The, nice. the number two search engine that I had put down was one called Swiss Cows, uh, which is out of Switzerland. And what's unique about their model is that behind the scenes, they're using Bing as their search engine. So what happens is you go and you enter a search. They turn around and take that search, use Bing, pull the results back and feed it to you. But Bing can't see you. So there's a disconnect between you and Bing. Interesting. Um, And then the other thing that I like about Swiss cows, particularly for families, is that they are very family friendly. Uh, They do not allow um, risque images uh, or anything risque at all on search results. So it's always like safe searches on (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the time with Swiss cows. So if you have kids, Swiss cows is a really great option. Third nice. option is yeah. Mojeek. They're a little bit smaller. That's M-O-J-E-E-K. And I like Mojeek. Um, somebody said to me, well, what about Brave? Uh, and I do use the Brave browser. That's my favorite privacy browser. I was just about to ask about Brave. Yep. They they strip out uh, advertisements and um, very well-known privacy-focused browser and by default, when you enter a search in the, the bar up at the top, it's going through Brave's search engine. Uh, you know, Brave, and, and I want to say again, I love Brave. Mm-hmm. I use the Brave browser myself. I think their search engine's just not quite there yet. The right. relevant results is just not quite as good as what I've seen other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but they deserve to be mentioned. They are certainly one that I would trust uh, with a search for sure. Nice. Yeah, I use Brave as well. And um, I was going to say the same thing. The search results are a little hit and miss sometimes. But overall, in terms of its functionality and what it's supposed to be used for, I've had no problem with it. So, yeah. Nice. Well, y'all have any other uh, final questions? Any final thoughts? Or I, I kind of had a question. Uh, I hope it's not too long. Uh, but, uh, I remember back in 2019, uh, the World Economic Forum hosted uh, uh, a simulated event, uh, Event 201. Uh, that was an uh, exercise to see what would happen if uh, a catastrophic uh, virus were to leak. Uh, and then I think it was uh, maybe a couple years after that, or maybe the next year, they had uh, another uh, simulation event, a uh, uh, disaster scenario called Cyber Polygon. And that was, what are we going to do if there's a catastrophic cyber attack? And I, I wonder, I was wondering, I mean, it, it sort of pertains to what we're talking about, but I, I wanted to hear your opinion. Like, are, are we in danger of a catastrophic uh, cyber attack? And what would that look like? Man, here we go right to the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, we so, the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me because at the end of uh, 2023 and what I've seen thus far in 2024, there has been a number of news articles about how a cyber attack is likely, not just possible, but likely uh, in 2024. And I suppose um, 
you know, they might be thinking specifically of tensions with China. And if something were to break out with China, that that might be the event. Um, but on a more broader platform, I see people talking about it in terms of the election that's coming up here in, in the United States in 2024, that, that that might play into it somehow. Question is, you know, is all of this planned and designed or is it not? Um, right. And like, like many things, you know, there are certainly choke points uh, to our internet access and we take so much of it for granted. Now, thank goodness for, for things like Starlink. Thank mm. goodness for things like uh, Onion Router, um, you know, where it can kind of self-heal from isolated events. Okay. Um, you know, broader events, I think, are a, a much bigger issue. But like I, I use Starlink and and uh, I would hope that that Musk would be able to keep that up. I mean, he deployed it in uh, in Ukraine, for goodness sake. So right. I, I would hope right. that he can keep mm -hmm. keep that connection up. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very possible. Um, I don't at all doubt that, particularly with the election coming, that something's going to come up. That's what I'm predicting. That's a disruptive event of some kind. There will be a convenient cyber attack, but you know we'll see. You heard it here first. It's going to be a great year. You heard it here first. <laughs> 2024 is going to be awesome. It's going to be a crazy year. I feel yeah. like things are just going to get so crazy before the election that you know they're just going to be like, oh, let's do this, and you know, uh, throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Again, but you know, I'm 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 paranoid. So, but. uh <laughs> And now I, I more don't than think ever. So at all. I, I think here's my theory about uh, conspiracy theories. Um, if you take a picture, like imagine a picture of of a horse by a lake, mountains in the background, and you remove lots of little blocks out of that picture, the human mind still looks at that picture and kind of fills that in and says, "No, I see a horse. I see a lake. I, I know what that is." And it's the same way with uh, the broader landscape of what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. That transparency that we all wish for and hope for just is not there. I mean, Apple and Google, as we found out, was strictly forbidden by the government to tell us something that was important to us. Hands and down. so with those missing pieces, we still try to fill in those, those blanks. And sometimes we're right. So then we all high five each other that we're right. Sometimes we're wrong, <laughs> yeah, you know, because definitely. Yeah. Cause you're, you're operating on, on lack but of right, information. Right. Right. More than wrong though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, for sure. Us for sure. <laughs> right. more than wrong. Um, and so, you know, I look at it and I think, you know, conspiracy theories are only conspiracy theories until you're proven right. Mm -hmm. And the objective should be to fill in as many of those blanks as you possibly can, be as objective as you can be as, as you do so, so that you can make good decisions about what's what's happening and what's going on. And, you know, honestly, I don't know what all is going to happen in 2024. But what I do know is I've got to stop sending information to data brokers, to big tech, to the government. Yes. And I've got some tools that allow me to do that. And so, you know, that's, that's my focus. Um, you know, our, our motto has been uh, your privacy is our priority. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we're going to do for 2024. You know, as as new products yeah, come yeah. out, we're just going to keep pushing them out so people have something that they can take some action on. Absolutely, and yeah, we'll we'll help promote it because we agree totally with what you're doing, and and we, we need awesome, to start man. we need to start building this. You know, the parallel. Universe, everything whatever you want to call it the economy yeah. the universe the you know infrastructure um because yeah we we totally are 100 percent on board with with what you're doing so the last thing last thing i want to say is uh, i i do i do feel like like we were talking about with like the trust and everything earlier uh you know i, I believe our generation you know when we were younger we grew up with the uh with the internet you know when i was in high school it was like the first time i was texting you know and um and we build these, we build this trust around these companies that are pushing all this stuff that we've grown up with, but our kids and the younger generations, I don't think they're ever going to have that trust that we have. Mm-hmm. So we make the mistakes, but, uh, I sincerely appreciate like you coming up with these ideas to make sure that the future generations that have no trust in these companies aren't just selling themselves because they don't have any other options. Right. And that, that, that is awesome that there will be some other options to get their privacy back. Because we already gave up everything, we don't know any better. Now we do, but we're we're behind the gun. So <laughs> right. um, I think it's awesome when we have a conversation like this, and you're saying, "Here's what we do to make sure these big tech companies that we used to trust, you know, yeah. don't have our information for generations to go." And so uh, I think that's heading in an awesome direction. So I appreciate you all the work that you put into it, obviously to build what you've uh, done so far. Mm-hmm. You know, early on, one of Google's uh, unofficial mottos was uh, do no evil. Something to that effect. Do no evil. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and what we found out is that, well, you know, define evil. Right. Um, there you go. <laughs> you know, that's that's the trick, right? I mean, if they define it in such a way that they can get away with what they're doing, then I guess they're doing no evil. Yep. Um, but I think you're right, Lance, that the generation that's coming up is seeing kind of what's going on and uh, is less trustful maybe than what some of the earlier generations were. Baby boomers were absolutely trustful of government. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get into the sixties and people were like, Oh no, don't trust the government. And then we got into the eighties and it's like, government's great. And, yep. you know, now I think we're back kind of the, the other way. And I think that's one reason why RFK junior is so appealing Mm. Uh, to some people because he he's not afraid to say this, this is wrong. Now, I I disagree with like a lot of his social stance, but sure. You know, he was he was one of the first ones to call out the madness of these vaccines and lockdowns mm-hmm. and all that and Mhm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I started on that. We'll be here another four mm-hmm. hours. I, I know. I I, pre, I appreciate him for that. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's involved in the election coming up because he does have some traction. Somebody could yeah. pick him as a running mate uh, potentially, and I'm like, ooh, that would be juicy. Let's let's see what that, that looks like. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yep. Well, um, I mean, we would love to do this again. Um, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners? Uh, we're going to post this in podcast form tomorrow. Um, so is there anything you want to leave, you know, as a kind of like a final thought for the listeners, for the viewers uh, that are on Rumble and Twitch right now uh, before we sign off, Brian? Yeah, really just that um, they do – everybody has the power to take a step towards privacy, and it doesn't have to be overly complex or difficult. And obviously, I would love it if people would buy products from Parallel Privacy. But the urgency of the situation is buy a VPN, you know, 
get off of the the Google ecosystem. You know, don't don't have an Android phone, don't have an Apple phone. Uh, those are some fairly simple simple steps to do. And I know some of them are pricey. So some people have told me, you know, they're they're building up to it, they're saving for it. Right. But the good news is they're taking steps. And so I just encourage everybody, you know, don't don't just sit frozen like a deer in the spotlights, you know, take simple little steps towards privacy and, and you'll get there. We'll all get there. Yep. It'll all add up and it'll be where we need to be to, to combat yep. this. So, nice. yeah, um, again, we appreciate you 100 percent for coming on. Um, this is something that affects anybody and everybody right now. So. Um, we will put, uh, his website, parallelprivacy.com in the episode description, um, uh, his Twitter link, um, cause the, the Twitter link's a little different than the, uh, than the website. So we'll, we'll include all your information on there, um, in the episode description. So if you are interested in this, you can go visit it and hopefully get it and, uh, and, you know, take your steps to privacy. Um, again, we would love to do this again sometime. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, any last words, guys? Oh man, I got to get one of those phones. Yeah, that's, VPNs. Yeah, yep. I, I, yeah, I want all of it. <laughs> thank you, Brian, for coming on, making time. Right. Appreciate that. Yep, thank you. It was it was great, and I'd be happy to do it again anytime. Absolutely. All right. With that being said, Room Two Thousand Eight is out. All right. See you guys. <laughs>